2: It's the Todd Feinberg show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC, News Talk 1080.
4: I want to mix up a bunch of things. We can still talk about Donald Trump if you're still uh, if you're still feeling that way because there's a lot going on. It's hard to believe this has just been a single week. It's just been one week of insanity. That was Monday when they went into Trump's place. But I wanted to I wanted to mix things up a little bit, ask some different questions. And first one a personal question. I was just thinking about this for myself. What's the biggest mistake I ever made in my life? I was I was asking. And I, I thought I'd ask you the same thing, because it's such an interesting thing well a lot of people are haunted you know a lot of people look at their lives and they say I made one big mistake I never should have walked away from that job walked away from that person some big event but it could be a little thing too that turned out to be a big thing anyway I wanted to share those things if we could 860-522-9842 what is the biggest mistake you've ever made with regard to the politics, yes. Um, with regard to what's happening with Trump, I was kind of excited at the beginning of the week. I was very excited, really, because I felt like they had—I I felt like the Democrats had way overreached when they did this to Trump, and that it was reestablishing Trump and and putting a new a new context on his moment in the present because it forced him to f- talk in present terms. It gave him something in real time that he, could, that he could pay attention to instead of cursing himself to always having to be fixated on, on what happened to him a couple of years ago, which I think would, that would doom him as a political figure. And and ruin his chances of of uh, being a candidate once again. So that's where I was at the beginning. Now I'm not so sure. I'm feeling like uh, they're gonna they're just gonna have so many piles of things they're gonna be throwing at him that it could go in the other direction. It could be worse. What's your feeling about that? Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. What's the biggest mistake you ever made? What's the biggest mistake Donald Trump made? Do you have one for him? You can also call the rant line 860-751-4698. It can be your mistake. It can be Trump's mistake either way, or it can be both. I like the idea of looking at ourselves, though, and seeing what we did wrong, evaluating our lives and seeing what change. You know, life is every, just this series of forks. You're always coming to a fork in, a row, in the road. Should I have another bite, or should I put it down? Should I take that job or not take that job? Should I get up now, or should I stay in bed another 10 minutes? Those are forks in the road. We all know how the slightest little change in course for our lives could make such a big difference. And I wonder if Donald Trump thinks about that, and I wonder if he says to himself, what does this mean for us? Rob, hi, you're on WTIC.
5: Hey, Todd, how are you? Rob Hyde. So I'd like to just go through, because I've been listening for the last hour of the Shattuck show, and then you joining him in the last 10, but... So a lot of your listeners from the guest heard that Merrick Garland... Didn't acknowledge, last night he acknowledged giving Christopher Ray. Uh, he approved the raid, the FBI raid, and then also this morning, Donald Trump came out with a statement saying he's not un- unopposed to giving him all the documents, letting him expo- let him show the public everything that he gave them. Also, your listeners need to know that every president. Well, do you
4: have something you want to say about that? Why
5: are you bringing listen, this I up? Want, I want your listen. I just want to give a few quick points. That's all. Let let your listeners catch up on what's going on in the real world. Well, every they presi- can they can read pres-
4: the news and stuff.
5: Every, we don't I'm, need
4: you gonna, to do a, a news report. You no, can
5: no, no, give no, us. But listen, Todd. I'm going to tell them like every president has a TS SCI clearance to even in death they take it to the grave with them. So Donald Trump's allowed to have classified information around him at all times. This is not not huge that a president has classified information I don't know if your, your listeners remember but remember Obama took classified information to Chicago when he left the Oval when he left the White House
4: well the stuff he so, took to Chicago as I understand it was was given to him by the National Archives so it had already been turned over to the National Archives and they had released it to Obama to peruse for the presidential library I believe was the story which is different from Trump taking things. the The accusation is that he took things out of the Oval Office, took things out of the White House that hadn't been turned over to the National Archives for
5: archiving. So every president has TS, top secret security clearance until the day that, until through death, they take it to the grave with them. Awesome. You mean they
4: keep getting, they keep getting documents after they're dead?
5: Yeah. Who knows? Right. So in this world, you could believe anything, right? So, also, um, you know, you got to realize like it was kind of unorthodox how the FBI handled that whole situation. They didn't leave a copy of the warrant with the uh, the lawyers, Trump's lawyers, on the ground there, or staff, and and um, they were there for nine hours. I was told uh, with some trucks. They made the, the they shut off all the security systems. They didn't let anybody watch what they were doing, and there's good, good belief that they planted listening devices and other things. All
4: right, Harvard. Rob. Thank you for the call. Good to hear from you. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. We've got Mike in Newington next. Hey,
6: Mike. Hey, thank you for taking my call. With regard to uh, uh, access to classified information, once you leave the presidency. You're only allowed to have access to it on a need-to-know basis. A a former president does not automatically have access to classified information. They have to prove they have a need-to-know in order to do that. However, the the main reason I called is yesterday I called in, and I made the statement that I think the biggest crime that Donald Trump ever committed was uh, violating his oath of oath of uh, office for presidency. And uh, by that I meant he stood by in the White House dining room and allowed that insurrection to happen. And th- the statement was made, how do I know where he was and what he was doing? Well, first of all, his daughter, Ivanka, under oath, stated that she twice went into the dining room and begged him to stop the insurrection, which he never did. In that, in that regard, that's why I say he violated his oath of office. He took the same oath of office that I did after during my 36 years of naval service, and it uh simply stated is uh, I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. He violated that oath, that's why i I think he should be in jail
4: right, and the argument we had was that you were basing what you were saying on the January sixth quote unquote hearings, and all I was saying was that's not a hearing. Hearings are balanced, two-sided uh, perusals of, of uh, fact patterns and evidence re- being revealed by witnesses. And it may be that that's the case, but what we saw was a TV show that was designed to cause people to jump to conclusions without hearing another side of the story.
6: Well, I, I understand what you're saying. I understand that. But, Again, I have to restate, his daughter made those statements under oath.
4: Under oath, uh, under oath to whom?
6: It does not, uh, to Congress.
4: To the January 6th committee, right?
6: Which is Which is a part of Congress.
4: It is a part of Congress, but the TV show that presented these facts was not a balanced one, that's all. So she might have said other things that would have made us feel a little differently about it. But there was only one side trying to put on the show. That's my only concern.
2: Are are you saying
6: what she said under oath does not count?
4: I'm saying that people can say one thing under oath, and then the next thing they say under oath that's left out in a biased hearing might put that in a different context that that might make us view it differently. And other people, if they were called as witnesses, might say something that contradicts what Ivanka Trump said. And that's why you have hearings that are balanced and that's why trials are conducted the way they are you want well that was this is not a trial well the they, they sit this, when they this, do hearings they follow the template of what a trial does they bring witnesses in both sides have a chance to bring their witnesses they lead the questioning on their witnesses the other side leads the questioning on theirs it is in ways a trial and all I'm saying is this was a doctored one that left the that that left the opposition out so well i would just say be careful of jumping to conclusions based on a one-sided trial
2: well except
6: that when a person makes a statement under oath they are subject if it's a false statement as we have seen in many cases with with trump uh uh, trump people where they lied they were subject to going to jail okay And, and some of them did go to jail it doesn't matter if it's it, it, where who's holding the hearing you are obligated to tell the truth you swear an oath to tell the truth
4: yes but if they if they interview somebody and then they take a couple of pieces of what they have to say and then play it on TV that doesn't represent a full story of what their testimony was
6: well you have your opinion and I have mine yeah certainly uh, entitled well, to yours
4: yes and I do mine under oath. Thank you Mike. The other thing to keep in mind too. Well, we've got to get to a break. We'll do a quick break. We'll take more calls coming up on WTIC. <laughs>
2: something from the todd feinberg show listen to the podcast on wtic.com slash podcast
4: no that is true my wife hates donald trump and she gets uh, into an instant boil at the mention of his name most of the time it's true i have to live with that eight six oh five two two nine eight four two so we got two questions donald trump Well, that's the question. It's just his name, Donald Trump. What do you have to say about it? Where are we at with Donald Trump? What are you feeling at this point in the week? And what is the biggest mistake you made ever in your life? So We haven't gotten any of the mistake answers yet. Let's take one or two of those. Lisa in Cheshire. Hello, Lisa. Hi there. Yes, ma'am.
3: My biggest mistake—well, I wouldn't call it my biggest mistake—but one, I'm driving along and I'm trying to think of what my biggest mistake of right now. I think my biggest mistake was believing that the judicial system used to be fair and just, and it's not.
1: That's you believe
3: about Donald Trump either?
4: <laughs> you so you've had an experience with it? You mean a first-hand experience?
3: Um. Well, this. Like reading the paper and everything, and uh, the victims feel like I feel like they don't have any rights, and uh, the people who do really bad things—murder, rape, and everything—are put right back out on the street. There's no consequences. Um, that just really bothers me. That stuff. And and do I you believe it was right?
4: Do you so you do you feel now that it still that it once was good our legal system, but it. Has been corrupted, or are you now thinking it's always been bad?
3: Um, I'm sorry, I keep losing you. Um, I think it's getting more and more and more corrupt. Mm-hmm. I believe, and yes. um, I just feel like there's no consequence for anything anymore. And um, that's pretty much it. I always believed that I could trust the judicial system and everything. And um, personally, I have I've never dealt with it, but just reading and listening to the news and everything, and it's it's horrible. And that's why the world is going, besides there's, um, I believe there's a lot of people that don't trust in God and believe in God. is one reason why the world's going uh, downhill. But, uh, yeah, that's, anyway, that's my story.
4: <laughs> Lisa, thank you so much for sharing that. Good to hear from you. Same question, Brian in East Hartford. What are your thoughts? Hi, Todd. I love your show. Thank you, sir. Um,
2: well, well, the biggest
5: mistake for me was 2004. I came out of work very grumpy. So my fiance at the time asked me if I could drive her to the gas station to pick up um, her, her lottery numbers. Now, I never played lottery at all. <laughs> so, I, so I told her, no, I'm not going to go, you know, being grumpy. The next day, her numbers came out. So she would have won about $30,000, and she actually left me and dumped me. And that's my biggest mistake. I she dumped you over 30, thirty grand. Years. Yeah, yeah. All Cause I was grumpy and I didn't want to take her. But, but
4: don't you feel that that worked out well for you? Cause she wasn't that committed to you if she would dump you over thirty grand.
2: Yeah, but I would have. I would have had that money too. <laughs> well, you would have had half of it, fifteen. <laughs> yeah, but thirty grand back then was a lot.
4: <laughs> yeah, thirty thirty grand 13. would be pretty sweet. It's her yes. fault, though. She should have bought a season ticket or something. Can't you do that? Just buy one that automatically the same number comes no, up each
2: no. time. No, it, it was it was
5: those those quick picks or whatever it was. Like I guess I don't play a lot, but her num- her number came out the yeah. next day, and um, oh my gosh, she, yeah. So she actually left me about two weeks later.
4: <laughs> so have you been alone since then? Oh, no, 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 no.
5: I got, I got, I'm actually waiting for my wife, so I called real quick before she hears the story. Oh, good.
2: But,
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you better go, Brian. Thank you for <laughs> right. sharing that. Thank Appreciate that. it. All right, let's uh, go to Joby in Wallingford. Hi, Joby.
7: Good, how are you? Thanks for taking the call. Thank you. So I have two questions I'd like your response to. Um, the first is, uh, for the Benghazi things and the email things, Hillary Clinton sat down for 11 hours in deposition mm-hmm. and answered and answered every question without taking the fifth. And in uh, tied with that, Donald Trump on numerous occasions, on video and on audio, said that anybody who takes the fifth is admitting guilt, and anybody who takes the fifth has something to hide. Well, he's taken the fifth twice now in the last week, so he's either telling him he's calling himself a liar or he got something to hide. My second thing is Eric Trump on Fox news said that the raid had to be approved by the president himself because he has firsthand experience with that kind of thing. When he was in the white house with his father, if that is the case, then Donald Trump must have approved the raid on Giuliani and the raid on um, Roger stone. If that's the truth, then, then Trump had to approve those two raids on his own people.
6: Why are
4: you so down in the weeds on on these, on these little things? Politicians lie every time. Little. Politicians lie whenever they open their mouths. They use, yes. they use hyperbole whenever they're speaking. So to try to pin them down on something they say as a publicity remark, like when you're mocking somebody for taking the fifth, that's totally different than what happens when you're in a legal situation on your own, and then suddenly you're thinking about it, which is what he said when he responded to, you know, he commented. He said, oh, I, I was always asking why people are taking the fifth, and now I know.
7: No, he wasn't asking. He was saying people take the fifth. Whatever. Or what, whatever. No, It not not Whatever. It doesn't matter.
4: How, well, I didn't phrase it. Pro- See, you're down in the weeds. It doesn't matter how you phrase things. It matters what truth is. And it, the truth is, politicians lie all the time. So you caught a politician lying. There's no reward for that. That's what they do are, every time they there speak.
7: there are people out there. There are Trump supporters. Hang on, Joe.
0: we got to get to a break. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. hi And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. <laughs> but with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it.
1: All the news you need for your day and
2: the sports, music, and podcasts you love are all on the free Odyssey app. Download it now.
4: WTIC Joby is still here. All right, give us something grander, some grander thought that you have, Joby.
7: (laughs) A grander thought on the
4: same topic? or Whatever topic you can do, just bring it to a higher elevation than proving that politicians lie, because we know that.
7: Well, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, we all know politicians lie. But my, my main thing here is when you devote yourself to a human being, mm-hmm. such as Donald Trump or any 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 human being, any any leader, without question, I really believe that jeopardizes your integrity. Oh I well,
4: truly, uh, of, of course, that. yeah, you can't devote yourself to these people. They're they're lizards.
7: But they do. There are millions who do. He, 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 there's nothing he can say or do that will convince them that he is wrong about anything he says or does. And that is dangerous.
4: Well, but people that's do that you, on both that's sides. Why you, he, yeah, he's, both, he's just better at getting people devoted to him than, than anybody else. But but you're you're right. Nobody should give themselves over and I make this point a lot cuz it really bothers me. If you are devo- if you are saying I will follow him anywhere, you're abdicating your responsibility as a voter, it strikes me.
7: Yes, exactly my point. And you know, and and because of that, you have people going out now and attacking, you know, FBI agencies. It's just Well, those are it, crazy it, people. Yeah, but that's who he invokes
4: and well, everybody mean, gets invoked but, by crazy people. Somebody shot up that uh, baseball field that had the Republicans playing on it. That, that doesn't mean that the Democrats did something wrong or are responsible for that necessarily, although both sides are, uh, you know, push the envelope in terms of propriety on the kind of rhetoric they use.
7: But don't you think it's, it's, it's the voters' uh, um, responsibility to question who they yes, believe in? Yes, exactly. I already
4: readers? said that, yes.
7: But doesn't it puzzle you that they don't question it at all? Doesn't it what? I don't mean a couple, I don't, doesn't it puzzle you that they don't question it at all? And I don't mean a couple thousand, I mean a few million.
4: Puzzle me? Is that what you said?
7: Yeah, that it doesn't puzzle you that they don't question him at all. And I I, and I don't no. mean thousands, I mean millions of people. No. If people, keep, people get brainwashed. Ah, there you go. You know, I
4: try to make a simple yeah. argument to people to demonstrate that Democrats are responsible for the oppression of minorities which is factual and easy to demonstrate, but people can't do the logic of it. It's like if I was trying to prove that 2 plus 2 is 4, i lay out the dots separately. You know, here's two dots over there and two dots over there. Guess what? We can pull them together, and you can see that 2 plus 2 is 4, and they can't understand it. They're too convinced that 2 plus 2 is 5. but the the fact pattern is obvious so this is the story of narrative and why narrative has become such a big word in our politics when people get sold on a story that is Democrats are the good good government party and they love minorities then they can't see that Democrats are responsible for oppressing minorities
7: but don't you think that people's highest loyalty belongs to principles not people
4: of course and that's why I try to get people to focus on saving the country. It's about America and the American experiment, and not right. running off a cliff for a person.
7: But do you think that any 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 politician, uh, Trump specifically, that the commitment is earned through through their character?
4: Well, obviously not. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, we, we trust politicians because they play for a team and we're rooting for a team. It, it's the same. I call it Yankee Suck Syndrome because it coincides <laughs> so beautifully with the idea of rooting for a team. We put blinders on. We love our team. We hate the other team, whether it be the Yankees or the Red Sox or what have you, simply on uh, superficial things like what, where we were born and who our parents rooted for. So, solution? Um, Education would be a good start, but unfortunately we don't have access to our education system to fix it because it's been sold off to a special interest group known as a public sector union. So I'm not sure how we fix that. All we Uh, can do is talk about it and try to wake people up to the obvious.
7: Very good.
4: But it's it's hard to get people to see the obvious, and and, uh, it, it takes a lot of work, so we keep repeating it. Thank you, Joby. 860-522-9842. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. We have to work hard. Wayne in Bristol, what's on your mind, sir? How
9: you doing, Todd? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, my, I just have a question. You know, obviously with this stuff with Trump, it's another thing to get him not to run for office. But do you think if the Republicans themselves took up some of these things that it would quill some of the Democrats' nonsense that's going on, if they actually had investigations into things,
4: if Republicans investigated Trump, you mean?
9: In- investigated the, the Democrats. You, you know, you have uh, what they tried to get Trump for, the quid pro quo. And Biden's on—he's actually said that when he, against Ukraine. You had Hillary beach, bleach with the uh, emails and says there's so many things they could go after. I'm not saying constantly go after, but— at least say, Republicans, hey, we're going to come after you, and maybe this would stop some of the Democrats' nonsense.
4: No, I don't think so. I think they know that they're coming for them, and that they're so short-sighted. Both parties are. They just want to win the next election. So all any Democrat or Republican cares about right now is November. And it's full, all-out war for November. And then after November, then it will be for two years later in the presidential election. But they're permanently at war over the short term. So what I would want to hear them arguing for is the Constitution and the American system of government. And and saying that that's what they're protecting. Because then you're standing, like Joby was just saying, then you're standing on honorable turf. And you're standing on principles, which has to be the foundation of any... Strongly held opinion. If you're if you're not standing on principles, what of what value is the opinion? Correct.
1: Thank so that,
4: you. That's how I would play it. Thank you for the call, Wayne. Good to hear from you. Eight six zero five two two W T I C. Next up, David Brand Ford. Hello,
10: Dave. Well, yo, know, Todd. I agree with you. It was a ten day news cycle in a short week. A lot yes. happened this week. I would like to answer your question, but say no more about it. My worst mistake was I got married five years too late. And I don't want to go into detail. I'll just say I waited five years. That's it? Just one statement? We don't get any of the story? I could have, should have done it sooner. And uh, that's enough. I really want to talk about Republican Representative Scott Perry, Mm -hmm. a Pennsylvania Republican, whom Anthony tells me you talked about it this week. Apparently I missed it. I'm sorry. I he think I
4: missed the- it, too. What did I say, Anthony, about Scott he, Perry? Because
10: Do you- <laughs> I don't <laughs>
5: We, yeah. we talked about it shortly.
4: It wasn't like we really went in-depth on it. but uh-huh.
10: he's, he's the Republican chairman of the Freedom Caucus, which is the reddest of the Republicans yes. in the U.S. House of Representatives. Well, on Tuesday, the only place I've seen the story, Tuesday in the New York Post on page 24, three FBI agents rolled up and accosted this guy a sitting. House of Representatives member, while he was with his family, they issued him a warrant and Mm -hmm. seized his phone. Yes. That is ghastly thuggish, third-world thuggish. And you can see that Merrick Garland, they are, uh, what's the word they use when they profile you, the ordinary police? You can see that the Department of Justice is clearly profiling any Republicans because of what we think, do, and say. And I think Biden has lit the fuse on a civil war. I know I am incredibly agitated to act a lot more crazy in the upcoming year.
4: But but Scott Uh, Perry, they were there was a specific thing they were investigating. Was was it not? I'm not remembering what it was. They
10: thought he was in the loop at the end of Trump, and he wanted to temporarily install a fellow named Clark as the uh, acting Attorney General.
4: Oh yes, because he was part of the um, what do they call it? The elector, the substitute slate of electors. So so because
10: they thought maybe Trump was talking to him and had a record of that on his cell phone. They wanted to seize the phone, but this is the very definition of a fishing expedition, you've got to hate everything about this Department of Justice with, uh, you know, Fauci and uh, Fauci, the guy who's there now, Merrick. Uh, you know, it's uh, leadership by midgets, apparently. But, Dave, uh,
4: let he, me ask you a couple of questions because I want to understand where you're coming from on this. If they knew that this guy Perry, Congressman Perry, was involved and they were fearful that evidence would disappear... That they that they they've had good reason to believe there was evidence on his cell phone. Is it inappropriate for them, in all circumstances, to ever pull up to a congressman and say and and, and issue a subpoena? They went before uh, a judge.
10: Todd, I'm over on my clock, but I won't run away this time just because you always say I do that. Uh, it has <laughs> been it has been a year and a half since it happened, so they waited a long time. Mm -hmm. He is a sitting member of Congress. I think it's outrageous that these thugs would roll up on a sitting member of Congress out with his family and just grab his phone out of the blue. That is definitely third world thug. Why wouldn't they issue uh, a letter to his lawyer and say, you need to hand in your phone or we're going to have to work something? You just don't come up on people in the broad daylight in the public and grab the phone out of their hands and say, here's the warrant. We got the right to do it. Too bad, buddy. That's, that's not the kind of country I want to run in, and I'm telling you, it feels like uh, they're really uh, using what they do. They're profiling Republicans because of what they think, do, and say, and I think it's outrageous. Uh, it's one of the reasons I despise Biden and everything about the way they do it. But, uh, Todd, mainly why I call this, this story's gotten no traction. And uh, many of your conservative callers, you know, we put bricks in the wall to try to paint a picture of the way we see what's going on. And we are are distressed that the media portrays a different thing, which is that, you know, Trump is, what is he, selling nuclear secrets to the Iranians? Uh, Apparently it's maybe because Jared Kushner, who doesn't have a security clearance, got to look at certain pieces of paper that were for secured eyes only. And you want to say that's the guy's son-in-law. You want to call that a felonious crime? Really? And so you let me say what I wanted, that a sitting member of Congress got his phone seized by three goons from the FBI who just came up on him and, uh, on a day they're walking down the street. And, I, and I'm and i outraged. I think it's outrageous.
4: Well, thank you for sharing your outrage. This is the place to do it. Good to hear from you, you, Dave, you. as always. Bye. My, my only question on this is, Is this a problem with process because FBI agents went and got a warrant to permit them to search the congressman's telephone? Or is it a problem that we now have a corrupt government, which we didn't used to have? We used to trust our government, didn't we? And now we can't trust it. And that's the issue. Which one there is the argument? Two questions. Where are we at in your mind with Donald Trump? And what's the biggest mistake you ever made? In your life, what is the biggest mistake you made? Quitting a person, quitting a job, taking a right at a particular turn when you should have gone left. Which one was your worst turn? Quick break. We'll talk more coming up on WTIC.
2: To the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080.
4: Oh, who James? Why did James hang up? James, call back, please. You waited a long time. I wanted to get you on the air. You were next. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. And Larry in Bridgeport. Hey, Larry.
9: Hi, Todd. Thanks for the show again. It's a very good show as usual. Thank you sir. Um, You're welcome. Um, Mike called from Newington. (sighs) Look, I don't want to get into an argument with Mike, but it's obvious Mike does not like Donald Trump. If he puts all the effort into calling the show and going after Trump, um, stating that his daughter under oath uh, talked about how he didn't do anything for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever. Mm -hmm. We do know that there are military people who are in the room with Donald Trump, okay, who will state under oath that Donald Trump reached out to the mayor of Washington, D.C., and tried to get the National Guard on premises, okay, even before the rioting or the mayhem of January 6th. But see, Mike doesn't talk about that, okay? He doesn't talk about that. And one of the great things about America that someone in my family who served active duty combat um, always told me growing up is the great thing about America that sets us apart from many other countries is you're innocent until proven guilty, okay? So that's the kind of country that my father, my grandfather, loved about America. You're innocent until proven guilty. According to Mike, Donald Trump's guilty with only half the evidence because the only thing you had in that courtroom with Cheney, Rich Cheney, was the prosecution. You never had a defense. But that's the kind of country Mike wants to be in. I don't want to be in a country like that where people are guilty and not proven innocent, you know, not given the chance uh, right out of the gate. To me,
4: Assumed guilty, yes, yeah. so, or or kangaroo court trials. are, are what can
9: court, and I wish he was, I wish he called into the show and got angry with Liz Cheney's father and President Bush who led us into a fake war in Iraq where there were no weapons of mass destruction, but that doesn't matter, right? I guess what, 4,400 brave women and men died in uniform in Iraq, but that doesn't seem to matter to a lot of people. Okay. Well, people get
4: know. people get mad at different moments and caught up in different arguments and and uh, I, I it's hard to require that that be consistent. But so I don't I don't blame him for being upset and I don't blame him for being getting emotionally involved with this particular argument, but you do have to look at a TV show, a TV presentation designed to to shift popular opinion. That's it's what the TV show was that's, but the, the purpose of it was to put on a TV show that would convince Americans that sure. the guy they've been trying to destroy for six years is a bad person.
9: Well, yeah, and remember, the most important thing in here is the president couldn't bring in the National Guard because the way the law is in Washington D.C., it requires the mayor of the city to get the National Guard or the police in that city to react to a riot. So Donald Trump tried on more than one occasion, according to these military people who were in the room. okay, and that includes uh, Milley, General Milley, that, too. So that's my point. My point is I wish people like Mike would bring that up, that Donald Trump in some ways is powerless because he he had no control over the National Guard and the Washington, D.C. police because they're under the authority of the mayor of the city. And she well, not do anything. She's a Democrat. That's,
4: that's your job to provide the other side of the story so Mike can consider it. One thing I just want to throw out in addition to supplement what you're saying is Muriel Bowser, the, the mayor of, of Washington, D.C., was reported by the um, by the New York Times as having stood in the way of there being adequate police presence at the Capitol on January 6th because she didn't want to be embarrassed in the midst of the anti-cop movement, of the defund the police movement. She didn't want to get caught having too much police presence at the Capitol. So they undermanned the Capitol, and none of this would be a conversation absolutely. if, if, if there had been proper troop problem. force there.
9: Right. I Absolutely, Todd. Thank you, Larry. Thank you.
4: We'll talk to you soon a wtic That's that's what the New York Times said on on January 8th, I believe it was. So, you know, these things move around a little bit. Tim in Manchester hype.
2: Oh, Todd, my biggest mistake, my biggest mistake of my entire life. Oh my god, Todd. <laughs> Listen, when I was in junior high school, yes. I did musical theater. Uh-huh. I played an instrument. I was a Fesbian, and then when I got to high school, I decided I would like to be an athlete. So I played three sports, and yes, I lettered in three sports. As a varsity player in three sports for three years, I lettered in them all, but I tell you right now, it did nothing for me. I would have had an EGOT by 30. I know this. Todd, I am an entertainer.
4: I can tell. I can tell. I share your opinion that was a big mistake when you did the sports thing.
2: I know. It was horrible. I I, I still, to this day, I can't even stay. Can can
4: you take us to news with a little tap dance?
2: I got the horse right here. His name (laughs) is Paul And they say that the horse can do, can do, can do. Oh, they say that the horse can do.
4: Well, I don't know.
0: Maybe maybe the sports was the right thing for you. Thank you, Tim. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it.